0: Hi, this is uh, Stephen and John, and uh, welcome to Quixotic. Uh, We are still on our journey uh, through the creative mind as John and myself try to endeavor to uh, build out this story, decided that uh, we're just going to continue this uh, going forward. I don't know what direction we'll we'll end up taking this. Um, Hopefully we'll have like a full book out, but but I I imagine the easier route might be... (laughs) <laughs> at least get a full book, but I think, and maybe we talk about this more in detail. Is just like where where is this going? I, I was thinking through the week that uh, that it'd be nice to kind of like publish this, uh, like when when we get that far, at least start publishing it, like on a website or something like that. To you know, be, that way maybe the reader, the people of this podcast, can start reading it, or maybe it gains new traction that way. Um, or a subscribe and start yeah, yeah, exactly. Some something we well, that's the alt tech. Uh for all you un alt tech people out there, it's a pa- patreon or <laughs> you know, something to that degree. So What's Patreon? See, exactly. So um <laughs> some sort of subscribe subscriber model all right um so let's go ahead and get this started uh john and i always do a what we're drinking now at this point uh last week we we delved into steve's personal issues uh we're not going to do that this time um john what are you drinking
1: coffee ah you fucking tea why are you drinking coffee what's up we, you talked about the, We You're like, dude, I'm gonna back off the drinking And I'm like, yeah, you're right You know, we weren't gonna drink <laughs> And then Well, turn
0: around. off like, of drinking still
1: <laughs> We had discussed not drinking so, this week
0: yeah, yeah, okay. I, I, we discussed. I discussed like stopping. Dr- I, I had gone on kind of a binge um, of drinking for like two or three weeks, where it was almost every single night. Um, and mind you, it wasn't anything crazy. I was getting drunk every single night, but at a certain level, you kind of start to like feel, ugh, this is just bad. Um, so, no, I, I am still saving some drinking for this podcast. Let me let me let me refresh that. Uh, I think our listeners from. Germany, at least. Listener, like a listener from there's two, there's two in Germany, uh, according to the stats. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. Uh, we have two listeners in. I family. don't want to know what they're into. <laughs> they probably enjoy drinking, so we're going with that. And we want to continue to appease our listeners, and so we should still at least drink a little. We don't have to. We don't have to go crazy. Two cocktails was the was the minimum, right? I mean, you think about it. This podcast is a two cocktail minimum
1: podcast, maximum two. Can I see the uh, stats from that last one you posted? By the way,
0: I <laughs> will. Uh, there's only two. It's it's literally only two. I'll I'll actually share that with you. Um, actually, hold on. I can actually do this now inside of the software. Give me one second here. This is amazing. Um, they uh, they do allow. We're not live, are we? Are we live? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're live. Hold on. Well, no, we're on, not see, Live. I live. We did. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you had to like, upload the podcast. And it, no, well, so this is this Spotify. is where, I, right? yeah, yeah. So this is where, this, where I get to see. Uh, so it's Apple and Spotify, but it goes through this company called Buzzsprout. Uh, so Buzzsprout, if you're listening, I know that we only have an average of two listeners a, a, an episode, but but hey, sponsor us, you know. <laughs> um. Oh, these okay, Henrietta, New York. Who's little? Who's listening to us from Littleton? What the hell?
1: I think that's you. Huh.
0: That's not me. I don't live in Littleton yet. It's probably John or somebody, Joe or somebody else that I know. They're going to be so disappointed with me and when they listen to this. They're going to be like, what the hell, Steve? Um, here, we're going to look at the, 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 live, the other one that I uploaded before then. See, there we go. Three listeners from frankfurt hey I, I we hit double digits a while back i know I, we did actually that was just recent that was just recent my friend so this was the very first episode that i uploaded to spotify this was episode three all united states but just recently we had 10 people listening to that first episode and then it all <laughs> dropped off <laughs> <laughs> Somebody was like canceled. Um, we had two. I'm gonna guess we're they're from for the big time. Maybe uh, they were. They were from Chile. Joe Rogan, watch out. Joe Rogan, watch out. Yes, exactly. Uh, wow, that's um, that was trippy. All right. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, as we're talking through this fun stuff now. Um, John saw the stats. He's impressed by the stats. Not really. Um, John's drinking black coffee, so he's going to be up all night. And somebody keeps talking to him. So, I think it's his kids. Um, All right. One Uh, of them. them. (laughs) So, I am drinking, actually, a uh, Pinot Noir from Francis Ford Coppola. It's the Pinot Noir Reserve, uh, because I'm part of their little club so it's fun um this is not my most favorite wine but uh but it's a drinkable wine i'm not a big fan of pinot to begin with um but this is probably it's a drinkable pinot so i will drink it and enjoy it so there we go as opposed to all the other pinots out there you know i've had really damn good pinots i've had really good pinots i just this is well, not my. Fa- I, it's not I my feel like pinot noir. I know you do. I don't. I think it's because it's light. Because you like them girly drinks. Sure. You need a good strong grape, John. Come on, like a good manly grape.
1: I don't need to drink demon.
0: To <laughs> <prove> my <manliness. laughs> Demon. Pee. Demon. pee. That's the rest. Resp- that,
1: that is. Uh, that is the fair. Fair credit where credit's due. I actually stole that from Brian Sack. Um, Uh, Who? A comedian. Ah, Okay. That would be why.
0: I'm horrible with comedians, so I have no clue. Alright. So on this episode, we are going to delve back into the mind of what John is attempting to write here. Um...
1: So you want to know what's in my mind, huh? Not really. <laughs> Not really. Not at all.
0: Um, we, 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 we've, we've seen enough of that already. Um, so in regards to what we talked about last week, we went through the, the kind of the, the meat of the story. Like where John, what you were talking about. Do you want to kind of catch us up a little bit?
1: Done. I don't know what you want. <laughs>
0: John, John, um, stop surfing the Internet and and
1: pay attention. I'm not surfing the Internet. I'm actually opening my prologue. Thank you very much.
0: You totally paused because you were surfing the Internet. So John and I went through the meat of the story last time, what the story was about. Yes. Um, if you didn't hear it, it's a, it took about an That's hour to right. go through it. We're not going to go through all of it again. John, well, why do you need to would say you that? like to catch us up on some of your progress on what you decided to do?
1: All right, so that is exactly what I, I meant. Get a prologue started. So I, I got it started. You know, I did have a busy okay, just week, go. A legitimately busy week. So I got not usually, but. No,
0: not For at all. all you uh, don't know, John is a busy, busy dude with work that is important to our national security.
1: So I banged out. <laughs> that invites unwanted attention. If they knew I killed Make the Make yourself CIA, sound more then. important. Come on. Fish called Wanda, by the way. Um... Go on. So I was able to bang out an entire, (laughs) get this, paragraph and a half, uh, setting the scene for the opening for this story. So I was starting to describe the location of the starting village for my protagonist. And I am wanting to describe a very serene a place that I would not like, would like to, you know, not gonna lie, a place I would like to go, but it's going to be, it's gonna be an emphasis on the, this small village is very isolationist, you know, even though they have no interaction at all with anybody, they still keep to themselves, you know. There's just you know they live where they live and there's just nobody around, uh, no no other villages or anything. So that's the setting I want to put. So very peaceful, quiet place, but backwards, paranoid, isolationist. That's the uh, setting, and that's what I'm describing. And I won't really get into... I'm going to be... It's this story I want to write from an omniscient point of view, because I can see going out that I, there are parts I want to uh, write that are not from the protagonist, where the protagonist will not be in the story. So... Or in that part, I should say. So I do want the omniscient point of view, and that's what I'm writing from. And there's actually not going to be any real interaction with people at all in this... In this, uh, prologue, it's just gonna be straight, sh- straight narration, and that's it. That's where I'm at.
0: Okay. Um, which is good stuff, like, it's, it's, uh, you've hit, you've hit some good stuff. Um, you were, you were saying something before we started, though, like... I can remember. Uh, the whole idea of, like, the writer's journey, um, we,
1: we, we just have to record... You, do I'm you want to go into that a little bit? Because I, I lose it, um... Just, uh. Um... Yeah. Just.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so we were discussing. And then try rep- to splice it all together somehow at the end. Um. What's the thread? Where's the thread? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: or do they? Um, Although people probably don't I, uh, want
1: to hear So, like we're discuss discussing before writer's before block and before. stuff like people that. This, don't was, like, this wasn't necessarily writer's block, although I, just, I did kind of peter out, hence why we got a paragraph and a half. But again, I was just—I was very busy this week. Um, but they—they've done this before, like I know professional writers, whether they're writing news or actual novels or just whatever people write, all sorts of things professionals who actually do this and pay the bills this way they just have to figure it out and progress even when they do you know, hit the block uh, but it, it's still interesting trying to surmount it and because I've noticed, and we discussed how we discussed this last time how I'm envisioning in my head a trilogy of novels, and an entire chapter that would take place in the second novel as I see this going forward just came to me. And this has probably been a year, maybe even a little more now, that you know, I just, bam, wrote the whole thing out, even though without the context, without the fit pieces before and after to connect it together, I saw this one chapter in my head, and I wrote it. Uh, So even though, so I had that, even though everything else around it, I only have the broad stroke so far, and so what, what I was saying, what I was discussing is that really is writing really is like a, a thunderstorm, that just, it comes in, and it just, bam, and then it goes away, and it's gone and again, what, a professional writers they have to figure this out, and get around it, and Hammer out a piece anyway, uh, but it, it is interesting how that works. Like just the surge of inspiration, and then when it's done, it's done. And this, what I, what I was going to say, when I was like, you know what, maybe we sh- I should just shut up, and we just should discuss this when we're recording. When I was writing politics, and I had to make write an article a week, sometimes two, I would hunt a topic, and I would write about it. And sometimes weeks were harder than others. I would, you know, man, I just... Even because there's almost never something not... There's almost never nothing to talk about in politics, but sometimes just... story just doesn't grab me, or it just doesn't vibe with you know what I feel like writing about and all this stuff interesting to note, every once in a while the the guy I, um, the two different websites I wrote for mainly they both did it at least once, maybe more than once asked me they sent me a topic and said hey, can you write about this Interestingly enough, that was actually easier than hunting a topic on my own. Even though it might not have been what I would have chosen or anything like that. Like, it was weird being given an assignment focused me. And I always thought that was kind of an interesting thing. And it's—I'm. this isn't some of recent epiphany I've had. I've, I've always noticed. It was just kind of weird. Like, huh, so-and-so told me to write. You know, hey, well, he wasn't paying me, so he wasn't telling me. He was asking me. He was like, hey, can you write about this? And I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll knock that out. And one time, I was, like, I was uh, actually on my phone at work. And nothing was going on. And I get that message, and wordpress worked on my phone so i wrote the article on my phone and it worked and i was able to upload photographs and everything so (laughs) and in hyperlinks and all that it was just yeah it was was weird how on my phone i could you know hyperlink stuff and all that you know amazing how technology can help you. Anyway, that's, that was just, that was the topic I was going to bring up earlier. It was it was, it was interesting how it, made, it was easier for me to write when I was given a subject rather than trying to find one. So, I mean, amazing to that point
0: though too is that you know you have a lot of people out there in general. And John only wrote a paragraph of this prologue. This is all that he wrote this week, right? And sometimes it's all you can get done. And so anybody out there. Who wants to start writing Just anything Just writing And, and you hear all the time Like when it, Kevin Smith will talk about this Like about people who are like How do you write a screenplay Blah 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 And he's like Just write it <laughs> And he's not wrong Like he makes it sound So simplistic because it well, it's really like is. anybody At who today runs actually into you just have
1: trading, to write buying and selling. Stocks. It doesn't
0: matter what you're Once writing. It doesn't matter what you're people, doing. It well, just, it's you just like
1: everybody I've ever talked to who just runs um, and, and starts doing it. Everyone I've ever heard is like, "Why is not everyone do doing this?" Yeah.
0: yeah, I dude, I do that. I I I trade options. I trade uh, some some Bitcoin and not Bitcoin like crypto. We'll say crypto. I trade some crypto and and options and stuff like that. And and it's the same. I have that same argument. It's just like why isn't more? Why why don't more people do this? Like it doesn't make sense that that nobody is actually actively trading themselves and they'll leave it up to their broker who they give 15, 20 percent to every year uh, for the broker Somebody to either gain them five or lose twenty
1: percent. You not know, going so remember the tweet. I yeah, more of people, people should trade on the open market. More people should be involved. Yeah, you could call him self-help and stuff like that. But the like same that. thing like, I'm, oh, I can't that? give credit because I can't remember who said it, and I won't even remember exactly the quote of the tweet, so I just kind of can paraphrase. But the whole idea, like, like the... And he's not talking about, like, generally the work ethic of hard work as a bad thing. That's not the point he's making. Um, But the idea of, like, working long and hard for a long period of time for a reward is just like, you don't have to think about it that way. Like, six months of solid four hours of work towards something will completely change your life. Whether that is getting in shape, or writing a book, or learning a new trade, or getting a degree, or something like that, six months of like dedicated four hours of work a day will set you on a completely new path. So it's 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 not as insurmountable as people think it is. Yep, uh,
0: absolutely. I mean, it it's it's what I did. You know, people, people are always surprised when I tell them that I didn't go to school to go to learn how to code. I did it myself. I'm a self-taught like person. And I, and I prove that you don't need like a solid school education. You can go teach yourself how to do this. And get a job in the industry if that's what you want to do. Now, mind you, not everybody's going to want to code. It takes a different. It, t- it takes a certain type of brain set, like well, I, to do it. I think it takes like a like, very logic brain set. It. I, I not take. I, I say anybody can do so it, but I, but I think just, honestly, like, yeah, too, I'm
1: probably wrong. About that. Like, I think you me. have to have a passion for it. It, was like a, it wasn't just like learning a language. It was like a whole. And if I tried again, you know, I probably could pick up coding. But it was. When I learned it, it was yeah. like literally day one. It's like, okay, I'm following, I'm following. Day two, what? It'll get it. Yeah. <laughs> and that wasn't that. And I don't well, want to say. Well, maybe that's just rarest, sitting down with the right person, person
0: and you saying, I don't get it. Common and person type going. of learner, I'm an Oh, this is all it's trying to tell you. Um,
1: and it's and even if I might be interested in the subject, sometimes reading on topics is just not interesting. It's or dry might be the better way to put it. Sometimes reading something can be very interesting, and I just get in drill into it, and man, that really takes off. But uh, learning about the things I had to read for my job it just puts me to sleep. Like I can't I read a paragraph and my eyes start to cross. And when the job is so dependent on reading all this stuff, it makes it really hard for me. Where and then the stuff I'm supposed to be learning, when I actually do go to a class or something and have an instructor talking about it, I pick it up.
0: Um well I think so when it comes to writing though, and this this is the important thing to do is is like anybody who wants to get involved in writing it doesn't matter. Like your, your head's going to feel with, this is not good. This sucks. This is horrible. This could be better. Like it's going to have all those fears and doubts that kind of creep in, but, but like anything, like you, you, you have to learn how to do better things as time goes on and you will get better as time goes on, but it doesn't hurt to at least start and start writing. And then you give it to somebody who, who you're not afraid a, to listen to their critique and B is not afraid to give you a critique and, and give you a better direction or better, you know, I absolutely. He, I absolutely. Sometimes, like writers hate their editors, funny but at enough, the same time, me, like editors are there for the writers, like well. And I know
1: how bad that um, sounds, right? About. Know, editors, and I know, I, I know how that is. And the thing is, is I have edited you, for others. You, you're such. And get, I, get rid I of that humor, John. The guy oh how, oh, the, oh, how before, the mighty have I don't up, know really. how much I want to bring up. Who you know? What, you know what? Whatever. Cause he's he's successful now. More power to him. I was I was writing for Wayne Dupree, and he gave me you know administrative rights. For his website and everything like that So I was editing and publishing Basically I would write and publish my own articles And you you know People might go back and say Those should have been edited I don't really think so Maybe that's my own personal way But because of that I was also editing for him and I remember one... I, well, I don't remember the, the guy, but I remember there was this one guy, and I would edit his pieces, and I finally had to message him. We had a group chat kind of all the administrators, like, cut this guy loose. Uh, I, I can't make heads or tails of what he's... Ta- I don't know what he's talking about. His sentences make no sense. The sentence structure doesn't make any sense. I. This is not good. I. And I whatever point he's trying to make, I don't get it. Like... Uh, so I, I never really felt like I had that problem. And then kind of I am almost... Uh, what, another way I, why I felt that about an editor was... Uh, the other guy I went on to write for, he... It was actually when I was talking before about how easy it was for me to write something for him that he, he basically gave me the assignment, like, write about this topic, and I did. He, he rewrote my piece. He didn't, like it was maybe 30% what I wrote and everything else he changed. And he changed the complete message of what I was trying to say, which in all fairness, and I realize this is my opinion, what I was trying to say was more accurate. And, uh... It, and, and this has been years ago now. Uh, it was actually, he, wrote, he asked me about uh, to write about the, the Tea Party. And this was, the Tea Party got started, like, at the beginning of the Obama administration. And it rolled through for his first term. And really by the Obama's second term, when you had, like, the Tea Party candidates that had gotten into the Congress and Senate, like the Rand Paul, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, who, that generation of Tea Party candidates, and it's Obama's second term, the Tea Party was already starting to kind of fade away. And I wrote it as a yep. postmortem, and he apparently did not like that. Let's just say it that way. So when it was published, it was not a postmortem of the Tea Party. Well,. <clears throat> Kind of more or less, yeah. And I, I felt what I wrote was an honest. It was a long-lived Lateef appraisal of, of like, uh, what no. had happened, what was <laughs> happening, a reflection, but, uh, time to take stock, and yeah. But and then. I, this is yeah.
0: This is a good example of where journalistic intent meets bias and opinion, right? Like, so you came at it with a journalistic well, this, intent the of writing the about, like, the hey, this, yeah. this 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 and is why this party this is party's dying, and this is why, right? Hey, sorry, the party's over. Everybody can go home now. Yeah but but you were writing it from that from that standpoint and he's got such a it sounds like he had such a bias about about it that he he's in refusal to hey, even hey, accept yeah. it and so your right wing and your left conscience. I, 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 I realize well,
1: always, a really always, always, always. Concept of how to bias be before they because I realized journalists that would time. happen, and I need to temper whatever my creative vision is. I get it, but I think that was one of the reasons I kind of see where, where I kind of feel the way I do is because he didn't edit me; he rewrote me.
0: Uh, yeah. No, I mean it's not. Like, I think you should phrase this a back, different
1: way. Like, hey, let's. I don't let's think you should spend so much this time on this, this you can doesn't trim this sound. Down. Like, Why? What part? This part right like, here. How is that applicable to your larger exactly. point? Exactly. Yeah, that's an editor. Spelling. That's an editor. And I, with, again, no formal training. Spelling, spelling, spelling. <laughs> I think I'm pretty damn good at editing, personally. So it's not something yeah. I. If somebody's a good writer, I, I could see myself enjoy editing, but they like said that one guy, he was a freaking nightmare. Like, he was writing gibberish. I. I it was it was it was like ostensibly ostensibly he was trying to be some kind of right wing pundit writer, but it sounded like new age guru mysticism weird analogy that you're really having a hard time. Okay, why is this analogy applicable? I didn't get it. I, I it was bizarre. So, uh, so yeah, editing for him was a nightmare because I'm like, dude, what, what, what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whatever it was, he was trying to say only made sense in his mind.
0: (laughs) It only makes sense in his mind, Uh, and that unfortunately is probably somebody very difficult to talk to to begin with. Like when you have, like when you've got to go to that conversation and say, hey, uh, by the way. and then they just they yeah. want to argue
1: with if, you if, like, oh, if, if Damon Lynch no, politics let me just say that
0: um, yeah I I mean you
1: know what I, that's it that's what I'm doing <laughs> if David if...
0: <laughs> David Cronenberg uh, if Cronenberg Cronenberg's uh, uh, political rants yeah so uh, the sad thing is, is those might be actually more like to the point and understandable than most of the other shit that's out there. Uh, and they might have more truth in them, uh, and less artistic, uh, uh, you know, artistic, uh, license. Um, given given those, those two, uh, and their way their brain thinks, so who knows? Um, I, David Lynch for president that's that's my that's my vote now David Lynch for president
1: anyway so that uh, listens to that this was
0: podcast, kind of podcast right? write David Lynch in for president on the next ballot and see how that goes Quixotic uh... um, yes this is welcome to quixotic people <laughs> Which I've heard that this name is stupid by multiple people, and I have to point out the the simple fact What's that r- they are stupid okay, during the name. of so, the, uh, the name, you I know, know, anybody who, who says that uh, that Quixotic is a stupid name just doesn't understand the meaning. They just don't get it. Yeah. They don't know how to say it. Which, they don't get remember, it. They don't I was understand it well, but essentially, it's because they don't they don't understand well, my Quixote
1: and the, the tilting at windmills and, and, and tilting, you know, and you know. All the so, and because I've heard you know, one of, of my all. bosses before talk about you know his bosses and going for you know picking and choosing which windmills you're going to charge, and and that's kind of the phrase stuck in my head. And I, I got the reference back then. It was a reference Don Quixote, but the expression why I changed the idea from calling it charging windmills or whatever to Quixotic, is because I thought Quixotic and charging at windmills meant the same thing, and they actually don't. It's it's basically a point that is... Quixotic is dealing with the absurdity or Hopeless, of, of if you will. ...as well. Um, you know, in, embarking on a hopeless quest, caught in the romance of noble deeds, yep. I just looked it up real quick. Caught up in the romance of noble deeds and the pursuit of unreachable goals. Idealistic without regard to practicality. Capricious, impulsive, blah, blah, blah. Um, Whereas Charging Windmills, which I thought was kind of the same thing, was the idea. Uh, Oh, yeah, now I remember When I looked this up before. Basically, it means taking on imaginary you know, Tasks like you know, that that's what it meant. Yeah. And I tasks, thought they meant giants, the same. Whatever. So that was what I, my original idea of calling this charging windmills changed to quicksight. So. It doesn't matter. It's a, um, it's a wonderful. It's too to change because we could like we could have called it throwing hand throwing grenades
0: windmills <laughs> if we wanted to, but we didn't, and we decided to stick with. um That, that, I, that might be a
1: better title, man. That, that's, <laughs> that's <hilarious. laughs>
0: tune in next week for throwing hand grenades at windmills. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. Um so anyways, uh yes. We we kind of so we talk about the idea of like the right and, and, and when it comes down to it, just and right. we discussed before. Just,
1: I, just it's, you know, even I'm if you get just para- a paragraph of just your I just kept put showing something to paper. It takes a certain type of person to like his comedy style. I do. Uh, I, you know, don't always agree with him, but he's Yahtzee's. One, he's got a huge vocabulary, which I love. I love. I love extensive vocabularies. Um, should we should we real quick give, though, like, just a...
0: Like, Zero Punctuation I, see, is a... He's, he's a... Like, uh, you know what? He's a video game designer, and he's a video game reviewer. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's best the best way to that, put it. He's better known he's for his, his he's designed, web episodes, you know, video though, on himself. video game reviews uh, than
1: anything. So, I do actually technically consider him a comedian, first and foremost. But, you know, I still... Admit that, and he's just very intelligent, you know... Spits a lot out in his five-minute reviews and everything like that. Talking, hence the name of the thing what I was getting around to with this, when last year I was showing you where he was, he, he took that challenge of designing 12 games in 12 months, so you know, every month he had to design a new game, and he was showing his progress on him with like those bi-monthly uh, videos that I kept sending to you, and when he was talking about that, and he mentioned writing, and this is kind of what you, you didn't watch him Screw you. Because I figured both from like the design game, game uh, perspective and the creative watched. perspective that you would have appreciated him. But in one of them, he was talking, he was talking about writing, because, again, he writes books and stuff, too. You know, just, like, one page, one paragraph, one word is forward progress. So it's, you know, you know, it's all about forward progress. So for me, and, and that, then... I mean, if all you read, is fiction, that's because I've written it. political stuff before, and I've always wanted to wrote. write fiction. I've never gotten anything more than a short story done. Uh started to write a novel once And I got through three chapters I, I finally stalled, stalled out in the fourth chapter uh, I don't even know if I have that anymore Just like to, For the potential of showing you um, Anyway As I, I I think I can, how I see, and I don't know if this sounds good or if this sounds like obvious, like I say this and you're going to be like, well, duh. How I picture writing a story is that you are telling a person a story and essentially you have to imagine what it's like that they cannot see your story. They cannot smell. They cannot hear. They have no idea what is going on unless you tell them. So you have to, with your words, paint a picture. And if... Something in the environment is applicable. They're not going to know about it unless you explain it. So when you're telling a story through a book, you have to explain where these people are, what is happening, what is going on, what they're saying, what they're thinking, what the temperature is, where the sun is in the sky, if these things matter to your story anyway. So you have to, when it needs to be, sure,
0: some of it can be ambiguous, though. Don't don't forget, like some of this can be ambiguous and be left to the readers. Like, okay, let's let's just my favorite book, dude. Right at the end of the day, uh, Frank Herbert does a really good job of describing the planet of Arrakis. Right, but the one thing he doesn't, and it gets down to like the nitty gritty details, because that's the most important piece of that story. Right, is really the planet is its own character in and of, in and of itself. But what he doesn't do a good job of ever talking about is the uh, Duke, yeah. Duke, Duke Atreides, has a lot Atreides, Lot of Ocean, their planet. Like, all you really know
1: is it's a planet. That's full about of water. all you ever hear about. That's it. Uh-oh. Yeah, but then again, so yeah. basically, yeah, what I'm trying to say is when I'm writing a story, I am pretending that I am telling a story. So, sitting around a living room or a campfire, and my story is my words.
0: So, I mean, and, and maybe, maybe what we get into then is... Um, into the like everything that we're, we're going through in this, um, because there's there's a lot that I'm there's a so I read so I okay, so I read through all this stuff, right? I mean, I read through John's first first paragraph, and I, I and unfortunately I got to it today. John sent it to me yesterday, um, and I should have taken the time yesterday to, to, to take a look at it, but but unfortunately I, I didn't, I, I, I was able to do it today, um. But I, I was able to kind of get, glean some ideas after reading it a little bit.
1: Sure. Um, I don't know. May, maybe village it's only was nestled in a large, elevated clearing way. near the coast of the Avalon Sea. Clearing encompassed most of a bluff that jutted out into a small peninsula, so that it was predominantly bordered by ledges and then a long strip of beach. The climate was tropical, but the location allowed breezes to make living there pleasant year-round. Most of the residents resided in a series of semi-circular roads lined with lodges that bordered the small market that served the village. Next to the market was what passed for a village square that led to the Chieftain's Lodge opposite the rest. Outside of the village, there were a few farming homesteads, although they were still close enough to be in view and all along the small road that ran through the center and ended not far past the tree line it had no name and it never had visitors as far as they were concerned they were the only inhabitants in the entire world it was an it was a simple existence and actually i got another partial paragraph the long-forgotten founders of the village had valued the spot for security more than comfort. If there had been a specific reason why, no one remembered. But the sentiment endured. Isolation was a way of life, even though there had been no indication of whether people in the village's known history. So a couple of thoughts come to mind
0: immediately when, when I read a thread through it. Now, I'm, I'm going to play editor, and John's going to get up from his desk and walk away, because he's going to hate this. I know it. Um, so... I'm thinking about the voice that we use throughout the story John a long time ago actually was it last year you did a piece that was uh you, you decided to write a piece for a writing contest now obviously it didn't win or anything like that uh, but I remember I, I remember you sending it to me and I read through it and one of my biggest things was, was about voice like the use of voice throughout the whole thing. And remembering, kind of, maybe who's telling the story um, versus you telling the story. Who's really telling the story, right? And so I think about uh, stories like *The Sword of Truth*. Game of Thrones does it really well. Um, and I know I know you don't like Game of Thrones, and I know you haven't. Even *Dune* does it really well. And 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 it should be pointed out that that the use of voice changes throughout the chapters because not the story is not about one single person, but it's about multiple different people, right? Uh, but Dune is is typically, when you read Dune, it's it's really from the level of two people, really. Um, Jessica and uh, Paul, Paul Atreides. And so when you read it, though, you're really reading it through their eyes, right? So Frank Herbert wrote it in such a way that, it's really Paul telling us the story in certain spots, or it's Jessica telling us the story in certain spots. Even though they're not using "I," we, you know, even they not, they're not using their selves as as characters. It's it's all it's not first person. It is still coming from the from the from the high above third person narrative, right? So nobody's breaking the fourth wall and speaking directly to the audience. Um. <clears throat> But it really is through the use of a protagonist or even an antagonist that's a, that's an even better way to, to tell a t- story sometimes is to tell it through the bad guy uh, through the eyes of the bad guy right uh, the the false narrator the idea of the the unreliable narrator we think he's the good guy up until maybe some point and then we're like oh shit this guy's horrible um, and and so my idea here kind of wrestles in that is the, the prologue or the story itself could be told through the setting yeah, my, as our protagonist is walking through the village, right? Our protagonist so, is going to start as a little kid. Jim if wakes not a up baby. From, a, from a hard. What's that? That's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's fine though. There's, there's no problem with that, right? Like, you could, you could start it from, from somebody in the village. And then my, my idea is like to say you that you start that this process I, from I was somebody going in the village as they're that. going to get water, right? Because that was the whole idea, right? And so this person wakes up. Yeah. So why not just make that the whole, uh, the whole part of it is just like, all right. This guy has to go get water And as he's walking through the village He could be describing these situations Like for example, through his eyes We could basically understand So he woke up knowing at 6am It's going to be a beautiful day uh, like always, the sun is, sh- is going to be shining. You can feel the reason tropical breeze on his back as he's walking through the that. village. So
1: we get that feeling it's of like the in this village, setting. Including the protagonist, there's going to be six people of any consequence whatsoever. Might not even hear any other names.
0: That's fine. It doesn't need to be anybody important yeah. this is a prologue right this doesn't need to set up the characters of the story you're just trying to set the setting and this guy could die have this guy could fall in a hole and die it doesn't matter right we just want to know from a prologue standpoint where this is going right from a prologue standpoint it could be it could be any one character it doesn't matter all that matters is, is this guy gets up and to him these are his experiences as he walks around the village and you could bring these pieces up the reason i say this though is because it's much more interesting right now you're just giving a map right and so if we talk about let's talk about uh tolkien real quick um uh the hobbit right if you if you think about how not even the hobbit let's let's talk about um uh I know you don't like lord of the rings I get it Who said I don't Fellowship like of the Ring one of the most boring books I've ever read It is it is one of the most boring well, books
1: Okay uh, I'll, I'll, I'll admit, Okay I I thought you Fellowship said that you don't like lord of the rings never good half of two towers once it, once it, because it in the books it doesn't go back and forth between the two storylines like the movie does. Okay. So the first half of Two Towers with Legolas and Aragorn and Gimli and the Battle of Helm's Deep, I read yeah. all that. The second half, when it went to Frodo and Sam and Gollum, that is where I just petered out and I couldn't, I'd lost interest. He gets bored? And who knows? Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Like all the good battle I'm, scenes
0: okay, okay, right there at, all, at Helm's it, Deep, and then you're like, You brought me Uh, up here, and now you're bringing me back.
1: Granted, I saw the movies first, so there is that, but having read Fellowship of the Ring, if I hadn't seen the movies, it's like the opposite of 2001. Like, if you haven't read 2001, I don't know how you would know what's going on in the movie 2001. Kind of the opposite from that. If I had not seen Fellowship of the Ring, yeah. I don't know if I would have understood what Fellowship of the Ring, the book, was about. And it did not impart on me any of the drama or the danger or the, the stakes. Like, I just. he, he It was almost. He, Tolkien's writing style, and this must be why I love The Cimmerillion. Because uh, his writing style Is just so clinical And sanitized I just uh, He's writing the most epic Fantasy story of all time And there's no epicness To his style I, I, can't, I can't think of any other way to put it So I just You know it, it just It just seems so sterile To me and I, I hate to say that. I hate to say that about Tolkien, but I just.
0: Yeah, I mean, no, but I agree though. I, so I agree, hands down. What, like I've read, I've read the Silmarillion. I've read. Um, and what, what's you know, funny because I, I made it through all of have, Lord of the Rings. The only
1: it they was, were the most hard read, like sold it's, books of all kinds. It's so dry. The Bible, I believe. I, I think that's still the Harry Potter might have beat it. I don't know, but. Like, uh, that's it, 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 just weird to me. And I, I never read The Hobbit, and I know The Hobbit's more of a kid's story, so that might be a little more palatable, which I hate to say, but I just mean, maybe there actually is a sense of adventure in. in all that in that book I don't know Yeah, but the fact that because the Cimmerillion was a fictional fantasy history textbook that's written oh, I mean it's it. all the same <laughs> and I almost just think Tolkien's style caters to that better so I adored the Cimmerillion I loved it <laughs> well I,
0: I hated it. I couldn't get through it. Like again, it was Fellowship of the Ring. I couldn't get through it. Like I just could not. And I and don't I finished Fellowship of the Ring. Silmarillion was was I would say one of the first I, books I think I ever read where I read it like, maybe experiment. a third of the way and it's I was like I can't a do novel.
1: it. It just it I just love that not. about it. And I, but I just think Tolkien's style fits that better. Um, eh. But yeah, this But yeah, it just it didn't like with the movie Yeah The stakes are clear They're running They have the uruk Chasing them down And it has the epic music And the landscapes And the The clanging of swords And everything like that And The Nazgul Are very ominous And creepy And You know This You know this relentless hunting party, chasing after him the whole time. It works. It just works. And actually, as weird as this might sound, Fellowship is actually my favorite of the movies. In the book, all that's happening in the book, but it just doesn't... Yeah, it's just... Like, all of the... Come across. Yeah.
0: So... I, I, I agree with you. Like, again... (laughs) <laughs> so, so take all this with a grain of salt. Though when I say this, I'm not talking about his writing style, but but what I what I am pointing out is like the very beginning of Fellowship starts with Frodo and the Shire, right? And yes, the story is about Frodo, right? But you see the Shire through his eyes, and it may not. It's not again. It's not him talking like it's not him breaking the fourth wall and being like and over here is bilbo's house and blah 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 blah. the story is still being told through frodo's eyes but it's it's being told in a way that is we're walking with frodo as he's going through the motions and so as he hits like certain pieces the story can continue to develop for us Right. And so this is I guess that's where I'm getting at with this is it's more about like bring the reader along, but less in a journalistic history way. Like the writing style that you're bringing, bringing to a story right now is very like cut and dry history wise. Right. The village lives on the Albalan Sea. Right. It's very like you're painting a very clear picture and that's great. But again, this is this is fiction. It's it's not history. We don't care about the history. Like the history will come as the reader, t- as the as the character starts to tell us the history. And some things you want to leave back, like some things we don't need to know right away. Some things we don't need to really understand that it's that it's um, why maybe that she chief- like we don't need to understand that that we we need to understand that they're isolated, right? But we don't need to understand maybe that it was done for security and not comfort. We just need to know they're an isolated group of people who are far from the comforts
1: I, of the, of the real could, world or the life, I could see right? that. And, I, and so yeah, I think just that's at the really time when I was writing. I didn't, kind of, couldn't think of a better to kind way of to highlight, like, come sometimes. across or to get it across, but it was just because I, I, I'm just trying to convey the idea that these people, even though, again, they have no contact with anyone else, for all they know, they're the only people on the entire planet... But they are still very isolationist, very backwards, very paranoid, very resistant to any kind of change or anything like that. And that's that is what I'm trying to get across. Yeah, and some
0: of that, like, I, no, and, and some of that can actually come through dialogue, right? Like, some of that can can come very like naturally as the story develops. Again. Um, Again we could use dune as a really good example just just I love again just the way that dune gets written is is through the use of the story we kind of get more of an idea of the like the fremen aren't outlined to us fully. Mm-hmm. Right, like the very beginning, we're under the understanding that there's a group of militants called the Fremen. We're not really still quite sure who they are, you're, what they are, understand. and then they kind of just start showing up in certain you're, spots as you understand as soon as the Basically, and the and
1: people them, them, of the right? universe. and, and, and then more is revealed to you know, us. Slaves, backward, savage. Well, the the ones in the village, like in slaves, the occupied parts yeah, of Iraq media- are slaves, but just outside of that, they're just backward savages. You know. So so they're they're almost like the Indians and
0: and the uh, and the uh, I find um, And the Cowboys, right? So so the Native Americans and the Cowboys during during that whole time. Like to people who are outside of the whole outsiders were just like, this, oh it was savages. Just, but people who were really actually just integrated me into me the society
1: recognized that in like the they were a group world of of David, who had everyone is, it's very feudalistic, you know f- basically feudal lords, dukes and barons that control various planets and they all surrender the emperor. The Fremen are really unique in that they're about the only people, I think, that are ever mentioned in the entire series that are not part of that system. I don't... I can't think of any other example. They're used because Arrakis is part of but... Well, they're, they're
0: part of it in that they're used for... They're part of it because they're used
1: for it. They're ignored yeah, people that... Until the Atreides, and then they're turned into the Unstoppable...
0: But I mean... Until... The Atreides. They live out in the wilds of the desert. Tell the Atreides. They're not yeah, messed yeah.
1: with, more or less, you know, the emperor does not send, you know, a squadron of, uh, you know, an army down to Arrakis to completely subjugate them. I mean, they are like the only people group in all of Dune that are isolated from the politics of Arrakis, minus the spice uh, market.
0: Well, and I, and and it's it's important to know that they they would attack the spice like tra- they would attack the transports and anything that carried spice, right? Like whatever they felt was was doing was was uh, wrong there. But the emperor, I think, oh, it always just yeah. thought of them as a nuisance, not as an actual like something that could be used as an uprising, right? Oh, we can and continue also, to control them know, in was, certain ways because
1: they were the only and whatever ones in we the, lose in the spice, the movies uh, at the this end of the too, day, right? but that you know even though it's a futuristic sci-fi idea the whole knife fighting like fighting with a you know melee sharpened weapon sword fighting thing is common in this in this universe people fight in duels people fight with knives and swords and all that but because people have personal shields that block yes Quick attacks, fighting styles had adapted to that the actual killing strikes were slow because slow moving strikes went through the shield. The shields were only meant to block things that came in fast. The Fremen it, it, it didn't shield. use the shield, so the Fremen fought the old way. So the, even they, they, even their, their fighting style was a completely different yeah. thing from what everyone else used. And while, you could say a Fremen fighting another person, you know. They're using quick yep, strikes that yep. the shield would block. At the same time, their slow killing stroke made their fighting, the Fremen, ineffective. It was kind of like a. It, they canceled each other out, kind of. They were so completely alien to each other that the fighting didn't even mesh, really. Exactly.
0: Now let's bring this around full circle to what we were talking about before about how, through the eyes of the character, as he's experiencing things, does the story get told? So how do we learn that the fighting style was adapted towards shields was Gurney Halleck teaching Paul Atreides how to fight, right? The whole training session was an introduction to us as the audience to say, Oh, so because of shields fighting styles had to change, right? So, so again, it's not, it's not Frank Herbert explaining it's using the characters to explain what's going on the settings the politics all of that stuff like frank herbert could have outlined it all very tolkienized style and been like in the depths sauron was invented there was music blasted blah 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 i don't i can't remember it was like music and sound or something if i remember right at how anyways we could we could like you could get very tolkienish with it or you could take it to the other extreme and get very like Herbert style with it, where it's it's the characters' experiences that are helping to tell the story, not the not just the narrator telling the story. Well, narrator is the wrong way because narrator narrator would be the way we want to tell this. Like narrators are a good way, but not the writer telling the story. Like those are two different ways to do it, right? And so right now the writer is telling the story, which is fine, but through your eyes, and we really want the characters to tell us it through their eyes, you know, and it, through their experiences you could talk about how the breeze hits their back and it's a cool breeze and and because of that cool breeze, like it's you you know that immediately that that cool breeze is always coming from the sea and that's where you could explain some of the, like it's you know how the how the uh the geography of the island being or whatever the elevated where the the villages on the elevated cliff near the Albulin Sea, you know and how they could feel that breeze on their back as they're walking to go get their water.
1: I get you're so, it, it just brings more... Going back to, since you're using... Depth, example, it engages the reader more. One, you're describing two very important characters in the story, Gurney Halleck and Paul Atreides, and I'm not with any of those characters yet. Mm-hmm. Um, the I the, I not, To me, it does. One, and uh, the other thing is I'm a paragraph and a half into it this. It
0: doesn't matter.
1: Um, Again. And I'm not really care about almost anyone in this village from my story they are no i don't
0: but you do you 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 do care about your villagers right it doesn't again you're pro- this is a prologue this is a prologue dude it doesn't it doesn't matter like at the end of the day a prologue is a prologue most audiences are aware that that when a prologue happens or an epilogue happens very rarely does it actually need to contain our true characters like a prologue is just an introduction to the story I would like, almost think it's anything, helpful
1: background my problem with this is that this place is only a setting right? for it doesn't right matter story. that the characters for like the, fir- like the first act as we were discussing before <laughs> After we, after we leave the first act, we're leaving this village forever. I told you once I am toying with the notion of my protagonist returning to this village in the final book, in the third, you know, at towards the end. And I have some ideas about how I want to do that, but what I need to decide ultimately is if that's worth it. Because it, well, because it, really the, I think I have an You'll idea only for know a. When you get that far. <laughs> A major plot-related reason as to why he would, but what I'm trying to avoid is because, basically, I want you, the reader, I should say, I want the reader to despise this place when when the protagonist leaves. I have to decide if my idea for him returning is really just gonna kind of be some like fan service justice, if you will. So that's the that's one thing I really want... How much do I want to focus on this okay. prologue? Right, I'm going to do something. In the grand scheme of things, you this might. place is not going to be a part of the story for very long. So, but will will
0: enough? Like, you have people living in this village. It's important. Again, the Shire wasn't important to Fellowship of the Rings, Right but you needed to understand enough about the day-to-day life of hobbits you needed to understand enough about the day-to-day life that frodo was leaving to go on this perilous journey right and you needed to understand and where bilbo sure.
1: and, was and, and, and at granted, after it was similar that. in the sense that the shire they were so so i, eh, maybe I, I not do back, think but they that like, isolationist they they minded their own business they didn't care for visitors and they just wanted to do their thing and let the world go by And it was how Frodo, any of the halflings that left, be it Bilbo and Hobbit or, you know, the four in Lord of the Rings, they came back to go to live because that's where they belonged. But they had been, um, they had seen the outside world and come back. They had experienced what's really going on outside of the shower, and it affected them. In my case, he's more or less exiled, an exile from this place, without really the intention of ever, except for him toying with the notion of him coming back briefly in the final story. Okay. He's never to come back here because this isn't his home. I might wait to what you're I'm saying. I'm going to give you. Let me finish what my here. what I am picturing um, before we go any further on this road here. This, this that's fine, but
0: I just I'm just gonna I'm just gonna because I remember this this from. When I, when I read this book back in the day. And this is this is really what got me thinking about this. And so I just I just want you to understand like where I'm coming from, okay? More than anything, so maybe it helps kind of reframe where I'm coming from on this. This is Jurassic Park. This is the prologue to Jurassic Park, all right? Now, the prologue to Jurassic Park begins almost very similarly to the way that the movie begins, all right? And it's important to know that. So, Mike, no, none of the characters in the prologue <laughs> exist in the actual story. And even in Lost World they the be- do the same the thing. The beginning of the Lost prologue, World movie was actually, one of the characters are actually to important to the, the story, but it just sets for the first the tone book. Like for the, story. the whole getting Yeah yeah, yeah. getting the children, the, con- the child on the Jurassic the, movie the, on the
1: uh, Islands and the little campy Dinosaurs. The he's at the beginning. Yeah yeah. And he's he's not in the and not in the book. Yes he
0: is at the beginning of the movie, but he's not at the book and again all it does is just take the setting so all of a sudden you have the prologue to the beginning of Jurassic Park the book uh, um, has them in the movie like or the book has them just setting the raptor cage up right and it's two and it, two indistinct characters black crewman is all the way that it's described in there uh, and and how they're getting uh, essentially one gets killed by the raptor and in this one uh, this the, the name of the prologue is almost paradise Mike Bowman will still cheerfully as he drove the land rover through the Cabo Blanco biological reserve on the West Coast to Costa Rica, it was a beautiful morning in July, and the road before him was spectacular, hugging the edge of a cliff, overlooking the jungle and the blue, blue Pacific. According to the guidebooks, Cabo Blanco was unspoiled wilderness, almost a paradise. Seeing it now made Bowman feel as if vacation was back on track. All right, again. Mike Bowman doesn't matter to the story of Jurassic Park in the in the grand scheme of things he is like a blip on the radar but that whole paragraph right there was told through Mike Bowman's eyes as he's driving his Land Rover it's all you need to know right now obviously it goes deeper and it gives him like more character depth. To Mike Bowman and who he's married to, and his wife and his children, to kind of help set us up for the tragedy that's about to happen. But at the end of the day, the story is still told through Mike Bowman's eyes, his experiences. There's a reason they chose Cabo Blanco because of the views, the majestic, right? But again, all of this is told as he's driving, so we get an idea like we're with the character, we're following somebody. They don't have to exist for the rest of the book, and it doesn't matter. And this one side of things, Cabo Blanco, only exists for this one chapter. And but again, it sets the tone for what we're about to experience: yeah. nature gone wrong, science gone wrong, right? And and you get that all like in that one prologue. Something something larger is happening. These weird lizards all of a sudden come out of nowhere, and these dinosaurs attack this little girl. Right, as the as it goes on and on and on and on. But it's but again, this is I guess this is the point that I'm driving at. Is like it doesn't matter that maybe we're following a character. Again, these characters could die. The guy could fall off the cliffside. Nobody. I cares. get it. It's the point. I, I, you do have a we point. Know I just do not his story.
1: I just I'm not seeing it with where I'm. It's going. just just to help set the tone. That's it. Every time, I do like my right. the idea of my that I, I talked before about my so omniscient point of view. Then maybe the next step is I do like that idea. However, I'm not picturing writing any scene like not using the omniscient point of view to tell things from people's perspective. I'm absolutely intending on doing that, but not out of the eyes of anybody who's not going to matter. Every, every part I think of going forward is going to be somebody. It can be told from their, from their perspective, but they're going to be somebody that matters in the story. That's how I'm seeing it. I. But any great story doesn't do that.
0: I think it's, for, it's, it's, it's just really pure important narration to, to note that. A like, if, a, if, a, if a reader can't connect with a character... If a, if a reader cannot connect with someone, you've already disconnected with them. Honestly, like if a reader cannot connect with someone, you've already disconnected with them. And so this is why it's important to have a, at least somebody that the reader can turn around and, and feel for immediately and say, even if it's for that small little moment, just that small blip on the radar, it doesn't matter. Like they're connecting with someone. And that's what's important, and it it drives them deeper into the story. So that's that's where I come from on it. Honestly, like the point is to drive your reader deeper. And, and that that should happen At some point very early in the story Even if that character is only with us For for a very short amount of time Even if it's for like two pages or one paragraph We can connect with that Connect to that character And and we can drive ourselves further in the story Because we are with that character That's all Coming across, nice. unfortunately it's just a very describing Like if you're just describing things to us At the end of the day it does, It doesn't come across Like it's not as fun it's, it doesn't engage the reader. The
1: reader's not I there. That. I just also bear in mind that I have one prologue. I don't necessarily say I'm going to be spending a whole lot of time doing this. I will kind of get to where where you intend, what you were, the point you're trying to make. I don't have any intention of not doing that soon. But yeah, I, I'm doing a little bit of setting the scene. But I put it that way. Um, that's what I mean.
0: That's that's fine, but again, like you can set the scene through a character, and I, I really want to like stress this point. Like I get it that, that you, but this scene could literally be set as a character is experiencing it, and I think that's really really important. It doesn't have to be somebody important to the story. Everybody, Every villager in this case, to me, is important to the story because they represent something to our protagonist. At the end of the day, like this, you could even if, if you so really want this to happen through some important character, this could be the caregiver before the protagonist baby comes onto the scene. Right. Somebody's got to care for this baby at some point. <laughs> And, and, I, and I don't know if you figured that out yet, right? I do, but but even it's just like it's an important day because the baby's be, going to be born, or this he's
1: child not gonna be comes born. into the he's, he's going to be found, and he's going to be found back. Basically, I'm bringing well, bringing in the woman first, the old woman. She's basically going to be the first visitor to this village. And that's kind of where the prologue's gonna pick in, or that's where my prologue is going. So, how she came to this village, and again, the reason, basically, the reason why she's accepted is because she's useful. She's the medicine woman, essentially, and they don't have, you know, they're they're resistant to things like that. But this, her, you know, her abilities to heal and stuff like that are just basically too useful to ignore. Um, that's where this is going,
0: okay i so again though like why not then make the prologue about that
1: time period so like this is that's the character what's, that's who, what's going to happen i'm I'm describing the village, and that's going to happen
0: so again, make this make this somebody then that's it doesn't have to be the old woman who discovers a the child then, but it could it's, be somebody the, important to the, like it still could be somebody that's still important to drive the story, some foil right
1: because yeah, it's but, what a foil what is we're discussing, what we're discussing what we're talking about basically I was coming to the end of that at the end of this next paragraph yeah okay because you're just but again, to everything from you
0: could one still, paragraph I I guess what I this keeps dropping I'm right you're I'm wrong. wrong it's, it's okay so you get. no <laughs> damn it John you think you're right you're wrong
1: um I do know what you're saying and I get it um I'm just trying to. to you're, you're trying I to am, argue against it, and and I'm, I'm, what you're discussing. I'm getting there, and I'm not spending very much time on what you think I am. I guess is lack of a better way to say.
0: It. Um. All right. Well, then let's do this because it, it's only one paragraph. I I'm really sold on the fact that all of this literally could be rewritten in a way that 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 it could be through the experience of a character of a single character as as this action is starting to happen right wakes up talks about the breeze and how beautiful it is and gives some and we get some idea on the geography that way right and then how this person walks through the village and talks about like how we, under, we we begin to understand that they're that they're isolationists. In fact, the idea of isolation could be when this child is found. it's a new thing to the to these characters, right? They, suddenly, then we understand that they're isolationists through um, through how all of that kind of comes to play, right? So so they find the child the child uh it's a surprise to the whole village where did he come from we've never seen a person blah 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 He just dropped out of the sky right so so there you go you get rid of all the idea of like that there's no indication that people in the village has known history right because now all the villagers are like what's going on we've never seen somebody right um and this, this is all very brief and 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 um bang.
1: we don't need to worry about the long forgotten founders like we understand that that as- that much I see. Like I, said, I could potentially fix that. At the time, it was my initial writing. I'm trying to convey that this attitude that the villagers have is just ingrained. Um, so I, I could I could see that and figure out a better way to put that. I just uh, that's that's what came to mind at the time. Yeah, in fact, I mean, if
0: you kind of think about it, like the, the last line of the first paragraph, the beginning of the second one, it had no name and it never had visitors. As far as they were concerned, they were only, the only inhabitants in the entire world. It was a simple existence. Is reworded again in that second paragraph. Uh, isolation was a way of life, even though there was no indication of other people in the village's known history.
1: Um, yeah, so I, I repeated myself. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah I can
0: see. And then, then again, we got the idea of like, the psychology of people is we just kind of go along with the way it's always been done without ever changing anything. Right. We understand that. Um, and so we, you could always just sum it up, you know, again, very, very easily of just like, why do we not know what's around us? It just, it's the way things have been done. Tradition. Right. And so that could be summed up as the story goes on, like as the protagonist wants to leave. Right. Or he starts to ask questions about what the outside world is. People begin to answer him by saying, we don't talk about that. Why? Because it's tradition. Right. What does that mean? We just don't talk about those days. Right. And and maybe that leads to some air of mystery into the. How that might be done, or maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Um, but I, but from that standpoint, again, you're you're using the characters to help drive the story versus then yours to drive the story. I don't know if that makes sense or not. Okay, I just don't know if that, I just don't know if that all made sense or not. Like just kind of things like that, like how again you could you could use characters to drive to drive that. No. I, I need to. I need to preface something. It's just the reason that that I say these things is why. Why like I kind of come up with a lot of these different ideas comes from when I was in film school and the writing class that I was in film school it was just the idea of allowing the characters to drive the story, not necessarily the characters to tell us the story. If that makes sense. So um, you didn't like having a character tell you that they are. Um, that they have mommy issues or daddy issues is something different than you kind of discovering it through the character's actions. So the character showing us rather than telling us. Um, And so as I'm kind of reading through this like there's ideas to me that come now obviously for books it's a little different the characters kind of have to tell us a little bit more they can't show us through their actions right but there's things that you don't need to describe the village as isolationists and they don't know why they're isolationists you just have to understand it so things like saying you know having the child ask why can't we talk about the outside world and them saying it's tradition in our minds oh it's the way it's always been done nobody understands why the psychology of people will pick up on the fact of like, oh, well, I do things all the time. I butter the toast this specific way because that's the way my mom did it. But well, why did your mom do it that way? I don't know, because her grandmother did it, right? And it never had to be any other reason. It was just she buttered the toast because that was the way that it was. Somebody like, um, you know, actually, this is a really good story. Um, I knew somebody who would put fork marks in the butter every like Christmas or something as tradition and when I asked them it was always like I don't know why I did that it was just my mother did that okay and so we talked to the grandma and the grandma or her mother and her mother was like you know honestly I don't know why we did that it was just the way that it was always done come to find out that as you kind of trace back to as far as you can go back it was done that way because one year the cat decided to get in the frickin' butter and clawed the butter and so the mom wanted to hide it and did fork marks throughout the whole butter and so this whole idea of like i do it just because it was tradition (laughs) really started because the cat decided to get in the butter and somebody wanted to hide it (laughs) that's it
1: tradition what's that Oh, it's a Fiddler on the Roof.
0: Oh, was that from Fiddler on the Roof?
1: The Tradition song? Oh, traditional. Tradition. <laughs> tradition.
0: Oh, that's a weird flashback. I was out Wednesday night and that song came up. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> if I were a rich man, do-ba-dee-ba-doo. be alright um... Which, by the way, Zero Mostel was the original actor who played Tiav uh, in, uh, in Fiddler on the Roof and was awesome. All right. Like I said, I was going to get in editor mode and John was probably going to get upset about it. So I hope he's not upset. John, are you upset?
1: No, I'm not upset. No, not at all. I just... uh I will kind of stick to my guns, at least for the time being. At least till I have it done. Okay. And we can see it differently so again Again, what i and because i really just don't care about any of the characters right now i'm currently discussing that much
0: so so maybe then that's that's our next steps then yeah so so maybe that's our next steps then um is is to let you finish the prologue, like let it let you get it all, like the word vomit out, so to speak, right? And then yeah. we go back and explore it a little bit more, and maybe then it's just reordering things versus rewriting things, right? Um, yeah. And then it, then it becomes a different editing process.
1: Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. I like it. I like it. it Just it's Um
0: <sighs> So other than that How is this story Coming
1: along I, I I got Very little actually done But I do know What I want The prologue To be Beginning to end So it's just a matter Of getting it out Um How, how long do you imagine I think movie? I be I also know, Uh In terms of like A word document Three pages, maybe. I don't know how how what that would translate to in a like a book book, but how um, long. And basically, like so, the woman, the old woman, the medicine woman, basically the the adoptive mother. You know, she's not the biological mother of the protagonist. Um, she's introducing the prologue, but the protagonist is not introduced till the first chapter. And again, I have his real world name. I have no idea what I'm gonna call them yet. I don't I have not maybe that's another reason why I didn't do it this way. I don't know what names are gonna sound like in my fictitious world yet. So that could be part okay. of it.
0: Um So so I would say and this is this is for you and and for any other writers out there, because I, I I think I struggle with names too, because we try to make them sound witty and cool, right? Um and and if they don't sound witty and cool, we're like, what the hell?
1: Um, this is stupid. Like, yeah, and especially when you're trying to make completely made up names. Yeah um <laughs> fantasy you know fictitious world sounding
0: like, games sorry to say not every single name is gonna sound as cool as Jeff Lebowski I don't I don't care what you like how you know it's just it's just not gonna happen or Barton Fink or, or you know we're just we're just not gonna come up with a cool name right off the bat Stuff
1: like that and I'll admit like one of the stories I tried before and I wrote a fight scene a combat well a combat scene and I will say I think I did pretty good with that and um... Uh, you <laughs> You, you don't care about these. When I read the, uh, the Dritz novels written by R.A. Salvatore, who a lot of times he's actually like a hired gun, like a contract writer. He just not, you know, doesn't write novels that he comes up with and sells them. He's, he's written like a Star Wars novel that I know of. And, and the Dritz novels, they are set in the D&D universe. And I remember when I told you that, like you rolled your eyes at that. and I'm like, it has nothing to do with dice rolls or anything like that. It's just the fictional universe that D&D takes place in, these are novels set in that universe their fantasy rules, their you know, their races, their creatures and they're very good. I like them. they're not brilliant, you know, he's just he's a competent writer a great, But since his protagonist Driz was a phenomenal swordsman and that's you know, the whole point about him, a dual scimitar wielding swordsman and he's an amazing swordsman. R.A. Salvatore knows how to write combat. His fight scenes are beautifully written. And I look, and especially because when he's talking about two expert swordsmen duking it out, the reversals and the change of fortunes, and how you picture like a great swashbuckling scene in a movie, like you know, say the Count of Monte Cristo or something like that, or a, a Musketeers movie, or just any a, a Star Wars movie with two, you know, you know, the third. Revenge of the Sith, when Obi-Wan and Anakin Are finally going at it, you know And it's this really epic, crazy Lightsaber fight scene Imagine an author writing that Um And Arnie Salvatore Does that very well I almost kind of think Maybe I was kind of copying his style a little bit But when I wrote my one, you know, fight scene I was like, this is pretty good I think I know how to write combat Uh, not as good as him But that's it by contrast, I feel I am terrible at writing dialogue, and because the only way I can think about it is like going back and reading it is like, is this what two people actually talking would sound like? And so many times I feel like, no, no, it's not. And it just that's I know I'm going to have a really hard time writing conversations because I, it's so hard for me to feel like what I wrote. Is actually how people talk, so that I know that's going to be a challenge for me.
0: Yeah, well, but then this is why again, like, you know, we'll we'll be here to you and I will be here to, to help clean that up and fix it and make it make it flow and work the way possible. Also, understand that you're in the bounds of now a fantasy setting and then soon a sci-fi setting, so so that dialogue may feel cheesy in certain cases, but it but it may work in that setting versus you know anything else. So. So, I I don't think it'd be something to worry too much about. Again, like this will be you and I kind of like. (laughs) I think in many ways, like as you kind of start to write it out more and you flesh it out, I'll be able to help more. Um, You know, but for right now, it almost feels like I'm going to take the role of the editor to kind of help the style. Yeah. I don't know if that's okay. That's perfect. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I need somebody to ignore. <laughs> At the end of the day, John gets all the writing credit and Steve just gets a mention in the book. Thank you, Steve, for all of your wonderful insight in the podcast. Well,
1: as much. OK, like, you know, fine. This was, you know, my idea. Sure. Initially, I would love to actually make this a collaboration. Yeah, no, I I,
0: I get it. I'm just giving her that time. I'm, I'm just giving her time. <laughs> Yeah,
1: but I'm not saying that. I mean, I like the idea of like you jumping in it, you know. And I don't necessarily know. I think it would be kind of as much as even if we discussed it and went over every single chapter. If we did something like alternating chapters or something, I still think we'd be at a risk of just kind of becoming an incoherent mess.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I agree. I, 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 do, I do. I would say that we need to focus on just when you know just kind of letting a single voice kind of go for it and then again somebody else just kind of helping to to guide that a little bit more so help to clean it up maybe is the best way to put it Um, because my style and your style will always vastly different Uh, we'll we'll never be the same uh, you know so on that side of things though so prologue next we'll finish we'll get the prologue finished i i still i'm toying with the idea of of, of pushing like as i i think it might be fun to kind of push this out to the real world as things kind of become edited it it happened with there was a book called monster island i don't know if you're aware of that or not um and the uh no. And it, it was maybe it was called it was it was, a, it was like a zombie horror anthology. Um, let me let me find it real quick. Uh, Monster Island. There we go. David Wellington did it. Uh, but it started with there was like three stories, and maybe Monster Island was the first one. Yeah, uh, Monster Island was the first one. And then Monster Nation was the prequel talked about the breakout, and the Monster Planet was the like global outbreak. Okay, so Monster Island is basically the story. The and and the guy, the writer, because he couldn't get it published, so he decided to instead just release it on ebook format. Um, and so he would just write a chapter and put it out online, and it gained a following from that alone. Um, and so maybe maybe that's just the way to
1: do it. Maybe sure.
0: maybe that's a way to kind of.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, if even if you don't make a cent on a book, somebody might pick it up and try to monetize you for your next work. You know, if it takes exactly. You know if yeah exactly it
0: It does not need to be like it it just doesn't need to be a uh, the perfect format. Like again, we're not doing this to make money. We're doing this to create something. Um. And so, so maybe that's that's my next step, at least to kind of help. Is is maybe I'll figure out a way to, to get this out there. Um, we we
1: yeah. but like, even like a critical critical drinker. You know, he, well, he got his big following on YouTube now because he took up, but he writes political thrillers. Yeah, and so every once in a while I'll bring it up. So he does his view. And he's like, oh yeah, by the way, my new book came out here. Check it out. Yeah, I love it.
0: And... Um, yeah, I think I think that's what I'll do. I will. Um... I think that's my next steps, is to... We, we have a domain for the Quixotic show. Um, and so maybe, maybe that's just yep. the way to do it, is, is to start listing the podcast. How do I not know these things?
1: What's that? Oh, I know this is a odd thing to commit to from the get-go, but I have something I want to run by right. for this. And it's not that I would be opposed to this in any future works or any other thing I ever worked on. But for this story, the whole thing beginning in. How about. No cussing. This this
0: story? No cussing?
1: Yep, no cussing at all. Or as the podcast. No, in the story. In the story, alright.
0: Um, I don't think that's controversial. I mean, if if you feel like there should be no cussing in the story, that's you as the writer have the choice to choose that. So,
1: but I'm just running with an it? idea by you, and I've done that before. With yeah, stuff. no, I've had stories where I had no cussing, and then that one story I got through three chapters. It was very crass and vulgar because i was kind of in keeping with the story i was telling and it was going to get a lot worse but you know i dripped up and i think whatever i had of it i think is gone i don't think i have it the the what i wrote i think it's lost
0: yeah I just i i would i always say if that's the way you feel about it then yeah let's then let's not um let's not do any cussing in the story i, I think that's a a fair uh fair thing to do and and uh Again, it's 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 technically your your story that that you're you're technically writing, and I'm just kind of helping. We're collaborating, right? And so,
1: and and, and, um, and like if I was going to say, you don't have
0: to cuss to to have a good story.
1: No, No, you don't. And you know, and I could I feel I could just as well as say, you know, hey, this is my story, and I don't want any swearing in it. I'm just running. about, hey, what do you think of this idea? I mean, I still think that that's what I want to do, but
0: yeah, I have no problem with it. I mean, again, Will Smith said at the Grammys, he, "Look, I won a Grammy, and I didn't cuss in an entire album." So, um, so I think that's really important. Like, you don't have to you don't have to swear to make things popular. Now, again, like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna always say because I swear a lot that that swearing isn't necessarily bad. <laughs> we i john and i may both be christians but we do swear
1: um and it's important I'm to know to, that i am trying to dial it back for per, me personally i'm just uh i'm not
0: <laughs> it depends on the company i'm in if i'm if i'm hanging out in my church
1: um I, I, <laughs> that is I part of it too, way. but I'm just so I'm it's something out. I'm I'm trying to catch with myself. Just one of the other things I'm working on with myself. Yeah, but it's it's uh, more so I just the idea of doing it for this story. I just I kind of like the idea of it. Fair enough. I I think, uh... I think, uh... Maybe I may mention, you know, sometimes we're... We can do that, Like honestly. It will talk about what somebody says, but it won't say the dialogue in a story. Like, where you literally say, uh, so-and-so swore, like... And, you know, he hit his thumb with the hammer and swore. You know? Maybe something like that, but... That's what I'm thinking. Well... At any rate, I think that's probably enough torture for Germany tonight. What do you think? (laughs) No, they want more. They want more. They
0: love their torture. Um... No, that's fine. Uh, we we did start recording this earlier because John uh, John was fading out fast in the last couple times. So uh, just, I'm two hours ahead of you. So just I know. Damn that South Carolina time. Maybe at some point you and I talk will about, both be. Well, will talk about where I am. You're gonna have to cut that out. Well, I'm not. Gonna, nobody cares. They're not gonna bomb you. Um. Nobody. Uh, they they you are could be too. anywhere in South Carolina. Nobody. Ca- Folks. I'm in Denver, all right? I will be more... I live in Denver, all right? So that now narrows down my window. I could have just said I was in Colorado. But no, I told everybody that I'm in Denver. John, you're in South Carolina. I didn't explain the city that you were in or any variance of where you were at. So people, if you want to try to find John, if you want to try to find John, he's he's somewhere in South Carolina. He's Somewhere. Armed. If you want to find Steve, just know that you got to go to Denver. That's it. You just have to go to Denver. All right.
1: You're, some freaky Germans are going to show up in black latex and bring strap beer. Lines. Bring beer. <laughs> Lots of beer.
0: Bring bring a good pilsner, to your and you're more than welcome to come and hang out with Steve in Denver. <laughs> All All right, folks. We've got a lot of technical issues with this stupid software. Squadcast, fix your podcast software please
1: yeah it just seems like my internet is really weird i will it will be lightning fast but then it'll just dip down and it's weird because i'm on fiber I I, i still blame squadcast
0: for not properly uh handling the throttling and all that stuff that they need to do like every other video software out there like zoom will handle it probably skype will handle it properly so i i blame the software for not kind of Evening things out, like they, they should kind of work through that those kinks. That comes from the software All right, there.
1: All right. Well, if it's that, if that's easy. All right, you take care. I'm not quite as exhausted. Now, granted, maybe it's because I had al- uh, coffee instead of alcohol. But
0: so, and, so John, what you need to do next time is have a cocktail with coffee in it. And I think. I,
1: maybe maybe i I did have a, an espresso martini one time last year um, and it's a, apparently the story of the espresso martini is that it was well it wasn't invented by Kate Moss but it was invented for Kate Moss um, that uh, I guess the story is she went to a bartender, I think probably some high end like New York hotel, and went to the bar and asked for a cocktail that would wake her up and fuck her up at the same time. <laughs> and the, bart- <laughs> the bartender thought about it and decided to try something, and thus the espresso martini was born. I guess that is the story. I do not know the validity of that, but. Here, here's I know that's what it. the
0: internet was for. Here is it's one and a half ounces of gin, one ounce of block coffee liqueur, five ounces of tonic water, a garnish of coffee beans and a garnish of cocoa nibs. honey, coffee, gin and tonic. Let's try
1: this one. See, see what you think about this one. Maybe. We shall see. Any any rate, I figure this is a good place to stop. Hold on. Hold
0: on. One ounce gin, half, half an ounce of honey syrup. And a half an ounce of cold brew coffee and tonic water.
1: What do you think of that one? Probably a splash of tonic. That sounds weird. I mean, the gin and tonic, but then to add the cold brew coffee and the honey is weird uh, because that's a completely different flavor profile than. It sounds like I
0: mean the coffee probably acts like Uh, vermouth, gives it that dry bitter taste.
1: So maybe. If you don't put vermouth in a gin and tonic. <laughs> Hence the coffee merchants.
0: Anyway. All right, folks. It's been fun. It's been real. It's been fun, but has it been real fun? John, I love you, brother. I'm Steven. And I'm John. And this has been Quixotic. Thank you, folks. Good night. Yeah. Good night.